support. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Barbed Wire Bite Podcast. We're off for a week for holidays and such, yeah, but we're back this week. Yeah, we had to take some days off for the holidays to recover. Yeah, because you had the big uh, legends of the... Well, we talked about that last time, the big legend. Are you going to the next legend show that they're already promoting? I don't know. I honestly should go because my boy that's doing my documentary wants me to go. So I'm going to try to go. I'm definitely going to try to get down there. Nick Gage is going to be there. Yes, I heard. MDK all fucking day. I At first when we saw him, because we're big GCW guys, and I was like, who is this fucking guy with the bank robber with the bad teeth? And But the way the crowd likes him and the way he loves his fans so much, I was just like, wow, this guy, this, this guy's got something. I mean, it I, just- mean I, I remember back in the day, I was asking my friend, who's this fucking guy, Nick? You know what I mean? Because I, everybody was telling me he's going to jail and all this shit. And he was in, you know, he was around the area doing some indies and stuff. I had no idea who he was until like my friend, my friend Billy told me, you know, he's like, you know, he robbed, a, he tried to rob a bank, and he's just fucking out of his mind, and blah blah blah. And uh, next thing you know, he comes back, and I'm, he's like, that's the guy. And I'm like, man, shit, you know what I mean? So he opened arms, like, come on back with open arms, you know. So he must have had a big file. He had a pretty big following, I think, before he left. Oh yeah, because when he comes out through their little, just like ECW had, just basically a curtain. Those yeah. people just bum run. They just mob him. And I remember when he fought uh, Cardona or Zack Ryder, whatever you want to call him, and, and Cardona beat him, that that riot that happened with all that garbage and the actual glass bottles flying, that was that was heat. So, yeah, after that, it was kind of like, I like this guy. I like the, this guy's got – he's got something. There's something about him that's kind of captivating. I like how he likes his fans. He That's what I noticed he does which I always wanted to do and always tried to do is bring my fans into my match, like get it. So they're right there. You know, I'll, I'll go to them and tell them, give me something, give me that chair, give me that frying pan in your hand, or give me that crutch in your hand, you know, and they'll, they'll hand it to me and I'll break it over somebody's back or their head. People loved it. They loved it. I mean, I had a guy take off his fucking uh, prosthetic leg one night. And I took it in the ring and nailed somebody with it right bad. Gave it right back to the guy because I knew how much that thing must have cost. You know what I mean? I didn't want nothing to happen to it. Now I got a question, ECW, and they would advertise it on the TV, you know, fans bring the weapons. Anybody I mean, ever bring like a knife or a sword or anything like really stupid? Since you just brought that up, I'm saying to myself, imagine now. We're at the arena right now, 2022 or whatever year it is, because who the fuck knows due to this pandemic, I'm fucking lost. <laughs> but imagine now saying, come to the arena to the ECW, bring weapons. And kids will be coming in with AK-47s and fucking Tech 9s and fucking AR-15s. I mean, is that what would happen? Because back when we did it, they came in with frying pans, cookie sheets. You know, Cody, a, a kayak over once I remember it was a kayak, surfboard. I mean, they didn't care. A uh, computer, desktop, you know, the stuff that we created, all kinds of shit, dude. They brought, I mean, believe me, the frying pans were real. I mean, I got hit in the head with them many times. And all I can say is, ow. I mean, because that's how it felt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was pretty intense, the shit we would do. 
You know, when you mentioned guns, what did you think? Did you watch the Battle of the Belts show for AEW when uh, Sammy fought uh, Dustin? Yes. And he, and he went up to Arn and Arn went. Yeah. What was like that? Hell, he's shoot, he just, he's got his head and he like. Acting like he's got a, a nine or something. He's in there. like following the guy down. Like that was great though. I popped for that. I also like when Sammy went up to Arn and went, you know, like that. And Arn just went. That was Arn is more over than that whole fucking Rhodes that whole day. Just from at just first, from I, was to, I mean, I was just trying to get into the match at first because it just looked so lopsided. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then once Sammy started selling his leg, you know, and then I started getting into it more. And uh I was very surprised. The crowd started popping for it. I mean, I'm not going to say it sucked then, you know, but uh, it's just I like Sammy. My, I, my house, yeah, is, we're all Sammy a, Marks. He's a hell of a worker. Beautiful hair. <laughs> Beautiful hair. Does it? But in he's real life, but the young, good looking kid who's, who's, who's going to, I mean, hopefully he stays where he's at, doesn't get a big head and, and just builds up, builds up. Before you know it, he'll be working in Japan, making big money too. He's yeah. small. I know he get works for the lucha style, but like Dustin, who I've seen, you know, in person, Dustin is a big farmhand kind of looking guy, a big dude. And and yeah. Sammy might be kind of cut, but Sammy's not even two hundred pounds. Sammy is not a. I'm bigger than Sammy, but I guess it kind of works because he's a flippy guy. You know, I like my flippies, but uh, not yeah. everybody he, in our house he, we like. I, would, Sammy. I look at him and I say he's about one seventy five. I'm guessing yeah. he maybe soaking wet. But look at the shit he could do. I mean, he may not be able to do what he can do at 230 pounds, you know? So that's a big difference, especially for him, you know, and his frame, you know, but the business changed. I mean, look at these guys nowadays, you know, MJF. You don't even go, I don't even think he goes to the gym. He's got somewhat, he's, he's fairly, I did love when he came down and what do you say to punk, uh, I just remember Punk looked at him and was like, yeah, why don't you go over there and then you'll headlight night one, headline night one of a buy two, get one free extravaganza and they'll release you the next day. I mean that, but you could, I think he's really pissing Punk off. I think he's really needling him and pissing him off. Well, I mean, MJF ain't old enough to realize what Punk did or I don't think, but I'm sure he's doing his, if he's doing his research, and that's what I would do, go back and watch film and tape and all that shit. Because his promos are great. I got to give the guy props. His promos are getting him over like Rover. And, oh, yeah, he's killing Punk. He's making Punk look stupid with the promos. Now. Yeah. And you know, do, you think the, do you think the crowd is starting to turn on Punk? Or not so much turn, but just kind of like, eh. Big. I just think they're, they're when they keep bringing them out every night, to cut a promo because he's CM Punk. I just don't think that's smart anymore. I mean, now that he's back, we know he's back. He's on the card. I don't think he has to come out and talk anymore. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. With you. That's my opinion. Now it's time for business. Let's see him wrestle. Let's see him start winning matches and getting to that spot where he wants to be. Because, I mean, I can see the ring rust on him. Okay, I'm not going to say I don't, but He's working around it as best he can, you know, but you can see at points where he's blown up, dude, in that ring. 
you know, he's and back when he was working for Vince, he would never blow up. I think the only match he had that truthfully that was good was against Eddie. And I think it was because Eddie was generally pissed off at him. I like Eddie. I'm, I'm Eddie. I, I didn't at first. Now I've, I've become an Eddie guy. Yeah. Eddie's always been cool as shit to me. And he would always come to my school and just fuck people up. And he worked out. He didn't care. You know, cause I would tell everybody, you ain't getting in the ring until you're done the circle of pain. And you throw up, you're throwing up in this trash can. You throw up on my floor, we got a prop. Or you go in the bathroom and hug the toilet. So you got, you know, they're your choices, you know. I had girls doing more push-ups than some of the guys. So I'd bring the guys, I would pull them out in front of everybody. I had 40 guys in that. Sometimes I'd have up to 40 guys show up to my class. Because I had my school at their arena. ECW arena was where my school was. So imagine, you know, people just want to go in there and just get a workout. You know what I mean? They're hoping someday they could actually wrestle in that building and get paid and be one of the ones that was sick and say, hey, I was in there and I did wrestle in that bingo hall, you want to call it. But it's like Corrigan Hall in Japan. It's not a huge place, but it's got, you know, it's got legendary people that have been there, just like Corrigan Hall. Corrigan Hall has a wall that every person that's been there signed their name on that wall. You know, and I got to put the pit bulls on there with Anthony. And then all our students that would end up making it to Japan would always write their names right underneath us. So it was pretty cool, you know. I saw like GCW's got their show. Not this, if you guys are watching this today, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, they're going to be in the Hammerstein Ballroom. And I mean, and they realize that's a big deal. That's, it's the Hammerstein Ballroom. Not and the hugest place, but it's, it's the Hammerstein Ballroom. And when are they doing are they doing that the weekend of the playoffs? Now it's not this Saturday, it's the following. The okay. only thing that their fans are, and I'm a fan of GCW, but I realize New York Athletic Commission, especially now, ain't gonna have these light tubes and pizza cutters, and it's not gonna be the bloodbath that you're used to seeing. It's not gonna happen, bro. I'm a, you're absolutely correct. Right now, let me tell you, New York Athletic Commission is very strict. Okay, I remember I have to I try to dodge the guy because he wants to take my blood pressure, wants to check me out, wants to look at my EKG. I'm like dodging the guy sometimes, especially if I didn't have my EKG paperwork with me. Or if I had it, it was long date, <laughs> I would just change the, the date on it. But they'd end up catching up to me before I got out there. And they're like, come on, come on, I got your blood pressure, I got your blood pressure. You know, I gotta make sure it's not too high before you go out, you know. With that, but I don't mind that because it actually I get a little relief from that because it's like okay, he says I'm healthy enough to walk to the ring, so I said that's good. So I didn't really mind that. Now they're saying agave tequila lowers your blood pressure and can make your heart stronger if you drink a glass of agave tequila every day. So there's an excuse to be drunk every day. Drink a glass of agave tequila. But that's got a lot of sugar in it, don't it? I I. I when I was a tequila man, I believe it or not, I like just regular old Cuervo gold, just the plain old, you know, I, I know there's a lot of fancy ones. That was the one I drank, but uh, I, I, I liked it. Silver one. Hmm? Oh, you like the silver ones? That's agave, isn't it? Or is that blue? No, this was uh, the green bottle. It was like a green, what was that bottle? Greenish bottle? It was the tequila. I drank it like water. 
Yeah. And I puke, <laughs> and then I brush my teeth, smoke a cigarette, and then just go back to drinking because I got all the booze out of me. So I just I had to get that buzz back. The cigarette, yeah. you know, get that taste out of my mouth. The only problem I'm worried about, I, if it has a lot of sugar in it, then I can't drink it. I'm trying to stay away from sugar right now. You know, even when, when I was a big drinker, like, you know, and I liked a, a sugary drink, but it sounds so stupid. But if, like, say I drink, like, the Hurricanes or stuff like that, I'd get a pain in my shoulder. Like, if I drank sugary drinks, I get this horror pain in my shoulder. I'd just be like, oh, I get so I just ended up drinking straight booze and beer. Yeah, sugar drinks made my shoulder hurt. <laughs> yeah, but isn't there a lot of isn't there a lot of sugar in tequila? I think so. I was a vodka man because it was cheap and you could get drunk real easy. Yeah, that's like dollars get you loaded. It's like gin. Gin you can drink all night, and you get that you keep that buzz all night, and you don't get too intoxicated. Like that's why I like gin. At one time, when I was working for the mafia at their club, I would always drink gin. Gin and tonics all night. I like beer. Yeah, nah, beer. I didn't like beer because like made me too full and bloated, and I never pissed enough to get it out of me quick enough. You know what I mean? When I was nineteen, I think we went on a. I, I, had, I had a fairly decent job right out of high school, and we went to like a business thing in St. Louis, and all the drinks were free. And I was only nineteen. I only drank a little bit, and the guys I'm with. They gave me beer and beer, and I was getting hammered. I had like, like 12, 13 beers. Like, you need some iced tea. Iced tea will make you feel better. I didn't know. I didn't know. So they give me this, this, and I drink it. And I'm like, That's seven yeah. shots. In that yeah. Drink. I was like, man, I don't feel good. Like, you need another iced tea, Corey. And they give me another one. <laughs> I have like three of these, and all at once, I was just like, just ready to pass out, throwing up. And they're laughing at me. They're like, you just had like 21 shots of alcohol and all that. Lucky I didn't die of alcohol poison or something. Yeah, I was like literally puking. I was like late to the meeting the next day. I just thought it was iced tea. I didn't know what the fucking Long Island was. It was very tasty. It tasted like tea. <laughs> it was very tasty. I was just guzzling. I'm like, this will get rid of your uh, Dude, your sickness. Maybe, I was with Sam Mann and a couple guys, and we went to Captain Lou Albano's 75th anniversary party. I saw that video on YouTube. <laughs> So we were there all fucking. I mean, we. I must have got there. I'm thinking maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. By ten thirty, I mean, Sandman was on his fifteen, sixteen vice tape. Okay. Next thing I know, the FBI is fucking in there. Okay, because this guy's just standing there and, and hats whacked and. I'm in the corner. I'm like in the corner. Just I'm like being real quiet. I'm like the quietest motherfucker in this bar. Bunch of wrestlers are in here from New York. The guy that owns the bar was kind of sketchy. And that's who started the big brawl when it started. <laughs> was the guy that owned the place. But before that, Sandman attacked Sinister X, put his thumb in his eye, got him on the ground. <laughs> that's how hacks fight, because you can't fight so he'll stick his thumb right in your eyeball. So we're, he's standing there at the bar and he's loaded and he's talking to the guy. He's like, you know how obnoxious he is when he's hammered, you know, and he's just like, yo, what are you doing here? Who are you? And the guy's like, I'm an FBI officer. And he's very serious. So he's obviously in there to make, I don't know if he's checking on Captain Lou or somebody from the bar or from somebody from New York happened to be in the bar. I don't know why they're in there, but they're in there, the FBI. So Sam Man's like, well, look around. He was real loud, obnoxious. He's like, who, who in this fucking bar would you be sketchy about? 
since you're an FBI agent, you know, so the guy's looking around and I'm just standing there and I'm, I'm not saying nothing. I'm keeping quiet. And he looks at Sam and he says, that motherfucker right there. And he points to me. And I just turned and looked at him and smiled. He goes, that's right. You better fucking worry about him. Because I cut his fucking throat. I don't care who the fuck he is. FBI, I don't give a shit who the fuck you are. Because I even looked at him and said, what was that? He said, he was like, no, man, I'm just, just talking to your man here. I said, yeah, he's cool. Just talk to him and he'll be fine, you know. But there was a lot of cops in there. I didn't really realize until they, the guy started throwing shit. And next thing you know, I think Hack got hit by a glass. And that was it. Sam Angel started chasing the guy through the bar. We were in the kitchen. And then we ended up behind the bar. Then we ended up across the street. And then here comes 250 SWAT team guys from New York, all blacked up with helmets on and shit. I'm standing there in the middle of the street across from the bar. And it was me, Big Joe at the time who passed. He went with us. He's like seven foot two. And I think New Jack was with us and a couple other people. But we were standing like away from, we were across the street now. So we weren't even on the property. And I was just trying to figure out like, man, this guy's got it. Like, I'm hoping these cops don't come across here and lock us up, you know. Before I know it, man, they have Sandman. Yeah, so they, they ended up handcuffing him, throwing him in an ambulance, and they robbed him. So while he was in the ambulance, these cocksuckers are actually going through his pockets and taking all his money. They took everything he had and put him in an insane asylum. They 302'd him for like two days, three days. So, I mean, thank God one of the other guys, Sinister X, was there. So I got, jumped in his car and I drove home with him and another guy back to Philly because I couldn't stay and wait for Hack to get out of jail because they were holding him. They were not letting him out. I couldn't even get him out if I wanted to. Like his family had to drive up and get him out of jail. And they put him in the loony bin. And it was crazy because they took, they robbed him. I mean, he even said, he's like, I can't fucking, he's like, look at me. I got no money, nothing. My pockets are empty. They claim me out and they're supposed to be police officers, paramedics, and they robbed them. So that was our night in uh, New York, which was uh, lovely. My only memory of Captain Lou, I remember he was on the, oh, and I got to ask you something. I promised Ronnie I would ask you. I remember Captain Lou on the Morton Downey Jr. show. And I always remember when he went to do an interview with Roddy Piper and Piper, and he went, Mr. Piper, and Piper looked at him. How you doing, fat soul? That's like my only memories of Captain Lou Albano. But I was supposed to ask you about the time that uh, you, Anthony, and Iron Sheik were involved in an angle on the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I was asked to go on the Jerry Springer show. Okay. I cannot find video of this. If I could, I would include it, but I cannot find video of this anywhere. I'm going to let you know what it's about. <laughs> uh, you're not going to believe who was with us. Mickey James. I'm, tr I'm trying to figure out, okay, is Mickey James this girl my partner used to slam every once in a while? And is this is this Mickey James? Can you look out the window? There's like a something flashing out there. Uh, and I'm like, is this the chick that tried to get me off the show so then Anthony can get her booked on shows and take my payday away from me? I'm thinking, could that be her? 
Come to find out, man, do because Chris does his homework for the you know women's uh, documentary we're doing. Yeah, that's her. Mickey James is the chick who used to try to take my fucking bookings because Anthony was so pussy whipped by her that she would try to get my bookings. Wasn't that pretty? <laughs> exactly. That's why she didn't like me because I wouldn't put her over. So they called us up to do this fucking Jerry Springer show. And I said, I ain't doing it. I go, how much are you going to pay me? And he's like, we'll, get, we'll fly you to Chicago, put you in a hotel and give you $250. I said, to go on your show and make myself look like an idiot, you're going to give me $250. He goes, yeah. I said, no. I said, that's not acceptable. I said, I'm sorry, I can't do it for that price. I said, if you give me $500, I'll do it. Can't do it. I said, okay. So I told Anthony, I said, uh, you go on your own, bro. Take, take your girl with you. And that's what they did. So they went on their own because she made 250 He made 250 So that's 500 I guess that's how they look. It's not much money. Peanuts. I, I it's peanuts, it. you're right. So come to find out, I'm sitting home and he called me up and goes, yeah, we went and did it. And it's going to be on this time, so watch it. So I watched it. And they did an angle where... He's on the show and they're talking to him and his girlfriend's out there and they're talking to her. Come to find out she's having an affair behind Anthony's back. And guess who she's having the affair with? Sheiky baby. Sheiky baby. And in the meantime, I'm like, Aunt, are you fucking nuts? You just went on TV and let everybody know that Sheiky is fucking your girlfriend. I said, I couldn't, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. And I didn't do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't do it. I, I mean, a lot of people I know were doing Jerry Springer. I got called a couple times to do it. But like I said, they were die hard with that $250 thing. And I couldn't stand that. We had it all. And I always knew it was a, a work. You know, I mean, it didn't take much to figure out that. But we're watching. And my wife was a girlfriend at the time. She was super into it. She, you know, she just could ate it up. And we're watching one, and there's this kid out there, and he's like, "Yeah, my fucking, I'm paraphrasing, and my dad is pimping my wife." And then the dad sits down, "Yeah, motherfucker," and all that. And I'm sitting there, I was like, "Holy shit, that's fucking Bill Dundee," and his fucking kid, which was this kid, was that Wolfie D? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my! I said, "This is this no, is, no, wait, Bill Dundee's is, kid is Jamie Dundee." Is he Jamie? Okay, so was it? Yeah, because yeah, I remember PG thirteen was their gang, but. Yeah, I remember I was like, okay, I know who these people are. And I was like, okay, this is fake. You know, that's how I knew it was a work back then. But yeah, beforehand, I was like, God, who, that looks like Bill Dundee. And then we started to talk and I was like, well, oh, shit, and that's Jamie Dundee. I was like, I know who these people are. But yeah, I, I worked with Jamie a couple of times. He's, he's actually good. I, when Ronnie uh, told me, the guy that moderates all those ECW uh, Facebook pages, when he told me that, I, I searched for hours to try to find Sheik and, uh, and your partner and, and I couldn't find Dick. Like it's scrubbed. It's I couldn't even there. get a picture of it. No, it's out there. I, like I said, I saw it and I was like, "What?" I said, "What were you guys doing the night before? You guys look like you're fucking like so hungover." He's like, "Oh, Sheiky baby was smoking the pipe, man. He was smoking the pipe." I was just like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "I'm so glad I didn't go." You know what I mean? Because at that time, I was trying to get out of that shit. You know what I mean? Is what the sheik does? Is that a work or is that a shoot? Is he? Is that really the sheik? The sheik is a gold medalist. That's a fucking sheik, and he's a strong motherfucker, dude. I mean, you can see what he does with those hammers. Well, yeah, those club things. Those things are heavy. Yeah, I could rip my shield right out of the socket. I mean, 
it's like some kind of Hindu gimmick that he does, but it's an Indian exercise or something. But do you ever uh, follow him on Twitter? No, I haven't. He'll like randomly post like this COVID is fucking bullshit and that Hulk Hogan is still fucking jabroni. And, and when you read it, you know, you have to read it in the way he talks and all that. But, I mean, he's there, funny. I like him. I was with us. I was on a signing with him and I remember he slapped Eric Sims in the head for some stupid reason. And Eric Sims is a nice guy, but that's his manager, isn't it? Well, yeah, I don't know. His if, handler or whatever you want to call Yeah, I don't know if he still does. I mean, I haven't seen Shiggy Baby in a long time, man. I love the guy that does him on The Rock, Young Rock. Oh, that guy, look, he looks a lot like him, too, with the little mustache. Dude, and he looks just like him. And the Randy Savage guy looks just like him. The Samoans look just like him. The Andre is questionable. No, yeah, I, I know that he doesn't look like Andre. Not at all. Gavin's playing uh, Rocky Johnson is a dead ringer. Dude. That's a fun show. I like that show. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I think it's fucking hilarious. And I love how he, they go back and they show how cutthroat promoters are. You know what I mean? And, you know, and his, his grandfather, I mean, his grandfather was the shit, bro. I mean, Rock the Rock is a prince, man. He's a Samoan prince. People really don't even know that. During the Attitude Era, before he really exploded when he was still a bad guy you know, they came here and we saw him. that's when austin was still the man but i remember the rock i remembered him the most because he's out there it was like a tag match and the crowd you know rocky sucks and all that and he would play by you know just so much he never stopped looking at the crowd yelling at him it was like no, we went, you find yourself captivated by him more than anybody else it was dude, i won't in 98, Vince called us up and said, come in. We want you to go against, we want you to work tonight. Get that back. I said, no problem. So we go there. We walk in the locker room. In our locker room, we said, go in that locker room. There's The Rock. There's Shawn Michaels. There's fucking Steve Austin. The Rock came right up to us. Because we, we remember, he remembers his uncles and Afa and Sika talking about us. Because he was a kid. So when he saw it, he was like, pit bulls, because I heard about you motherfuckers, you taking me out, Philly tonight, right, 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 right. And I'm just like, oh, man, look, even Shawn Michaels, he's like, oh, pit bulls, I heard about you motherfuckers, you taking me out tonight. Uh, we're just like, man, like we didn't want to smarten anybody up to our thing in Philly. I mean, we had, it was locked. I mean, we could do everything and whenever we wanted and go anywhere we wanted and do anything we want. And that's how it was at that time. So Steve came up and was like, all right, you guys hang with me tonight. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. You know, I wanted to go out with The Rock. Believe me, I would love to take him out and show him a good time. But I don't need his old man. And I don't need Alpha and Sika coming after me wanting to kill me because I got him in trouble. That's how I was thinking. So I was thinking smart. You know what I mean? I don't want to get him in trouble and... God forbid. And, and, I, and I had a problem taking Sean out because I didn't know him that well. And I didn't know what he was going to do. Like, what's he going to do? You know, the next day, talk shit on us after we took him out for a good time? I don't know. You know, I know what he did to Marty Gennetti. You know, I met Marty. Marty's cool. I like Marty. Well, Marty me and Marty are great, man. Marty's fucking the man. He's funny as hell. Funny as hell. I don't know what's going on. That's why I keep looking out. I keep seeing fire trucks. Well, Marty's not all Marty. I, I feel bad. Some, and and I, it makes me sick. Like if I did an interview with somebody and they were fucked up, I would never air it. 
And I see these people that interview Marty when he's like, you know, high or drunk or whatever. And they just push it as to how messed up he is. I, that, I don't like that. But Dude, uh, you know I won't watch the shit. I don't like it. No, I've seen him since then. But when I first ran, when I first started working again, I took some years off. You know, I met my girl. I didn't have to work. She didn't want me to work. So I took some time off. I helped her with her stuff. She was uh, coaching competition cheerleading. So I helped, actually, I helped the cheerleading team get in shape. And we were three-time national champs. So we got something out of it. So it was good. But uh, I just, like I said, I had to take some time off, you know. But when I came back, I ran into Marty, and we were working a show, and they wanted me to wrestle and I was talking to him before that, and I'm like, dude, I looked down, I seen his ankles. And it looked like his ankle was like not even there. It went from his calf to the foot to the ground. I mean, it looked that bad. And I was just like, dude, we're not working against each other tonight. I said, you can't even barely walk. I could see it. You know what I mean? I said, my knees ain't feeling that great tonight either. So I pulled the booker aside and said, come here. I said, this is what we're going to do tonight. I said, me and Marty are tagging up against you put find a tag team for us. So that's how we did it. Because I didn't want him. I was afraid he was going to get fucked up. I didn't want him to get he wasn't fucked up like that. It's just his ankles were so messed up. He had to get, I, I think he already got surgery on him, I think. I'm not sure, but they were so I'd never seen nothing like it, bro. It was that bad. It freaked me out. So I know he did ask Sean to help him once or twice. And I know Sean gave him money a couple times. I'm not saying he never helped him. I know he did help him. Oh, yeah. He even got him back in WWE for a little bit. They did a little rocker thing and all that, but uh, Marty always kind of just you know, a worst well, enemy kind of thing. It, yeah, so uh, you can't really blame Sean because Marty's his worst own enemy is what it comes down to. And uh, But yeah, that night I, I just remember telling the booker, like, there's no way you're putting me versus him tonight. I said, look at his ankles. I said, I don't even think he can walk not alone run. You know what I mean? So I said, put us as a tag team against two, you know, new guys. You know what I'm saying? And put us over like you should anyway. And we left it at that. And it was fucking real simple. Maybe I took one bump. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was right on point And uh, he was happy about it. But I was upset because, like I said, I seen his ankle. He needed surgery really bad, man. But I've ran into him lately, and I've seen him, and I really didn't get a chance to look. So I don't know whether or not he got surgery, but he was in—he was really up, up. I mean, he was up. He wasn't like sad or depressed or fucked up at all. He was pretty straight, and he was just laughing. You know, that's when he always sees me. We usually just shake hands and he just starts laughing because he thinks about what we used to do back in the day when we used to have fun. And- Hang out yeah, I reached out to him once, but I never heard back. But uh, I always liked him. Out of, to be honest with you, out of the two, I thought he was more uh, athletically talented than Michaels. He is. Absolutely. Sean's good. I mean, I'm not saying he's not. Sean's got some fucking talent. Uh, he's got charisma. Yeah, Marty didn't have that, but Sean did have. And my, now, like, my wife, she loves Sean. You know, yeah. All the girls like Sean. That's why. <laughs> The charisma, getting the chicks, you know what I mean? That was his gimmick. And they just got over. Heartbreak kid, I got over. And he had Sherry with him. I would have, God, I would have, God, Sherry was so fucking hot to me. I don't. She managed me and my partner a couple times. She's a good manager. God, she was hot. I was sad when she, she died young, too. Yeah. She was in her 30s, right? 
Yeah, she wasn't very old. I remember it was uh, OD, I think, wasn't it? Probably. Uh, I mean, my partner was 36. You know, it's insane. I mean, we lost so many guys, bro. It, it was from Spicoli to Hack Myers to Axel Rotten. The did, did Hack, how did Hack Myers pass away? I always remember Shaw, shit, Shaw, shit. And then I'd read he passed away. I don't know. I don't know how he passed away. I don't think he was doing many drugs. I don't think he was. He was never, to me, a drug guy. Like, I never seen him fucked up. I want to say, like, he maybe had a, um, what do you call it? Like uh, an aneurysm or brain? Let's look him up. That's possible. I mean, the the blows that we would give ourselves, that we would take to the head alone. I mean, I remember, I mean, Chris, Chris. Candido passed away because he had a he broke clot, ankle. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was he broke his ankle on the show, got on the plane, and the blood clot went right through his heart and killed him. Uh looks like the Shaw had uh brain surgery at John Hopkins Hospital, and he passed away from complications from that surgery two days away from his 42nd birthday. 42, and he was getting brain surgery. Yeah, that's now, if he passed, that means that they took his brain and they probably found CTE, among other things. I mean, there's some things you can't find out until after. That's like Chris Benoit. His brain, they said his brain was a brain of an 85-year-old man who's been through fucking war. Okay, that's how bad his brain was. Because there was no way he he flipped out on roid rage because... I've had roid rage. It lasts a matter of minutes. It don't last three days. Roid rage is a, is a fluke that was made up by lawyers to get their clients off. Get them off and win the, the court date. I, I, I got In my day, I got a little aggressive at times, but not like going to kill somebody, but I got a little short temper. It was the testosterone, I think, just that boosted that. Yeah, but when you're mature enough when you're older and you're on it, you're mature enough that if you do get pissed off, you're not going to go fl- like flip out. That's why I love living in Florida. Stay in your ground. I don't have to flip out to pull my gun out and shoot you. You threaten my life. Okay. And I say, please stop. And you don't stop. You're getting shot. And that's all there is to it. And I will walk away a free man while they bury you the next day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how it is here. That's why, you know, I'm used to living in New Jersey, you know, like, fuck you, motherfucker, get out of my way, you know, but you don't do that shit down here. There's different fucking, it's a different way of life down here in Florida. I don't want to live in Florida so fucking bad. It's ridiculous. Call it bizarro world. (laughs) Like, stay away from lawyers because there's so many lawsuits down here. These lawyers, half of them don't know what the fuck they're doing. Okay, that's how, like, out of their minds they are. And it's it's a certain like I I got a job working at a bar bouncing, I didn't even realize it until later on. They're like you're a subcontractor. I'm like, what are you talking about, a subcontractor? Like you mean like when I used to work for Silo, I would get my truck, deliver their appliances, and they paid me. So they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want to work for somebody that's making me a subcontractor. That means you don't have my back. You know, when I bounced in the city and I bounced with scruples on South Street back in the day for Sammy the Barber and them guys, they would tell me, beat that guy's ass. 
Don't worry about it. I got a lawyer for you. He's right there. That's your lawyer right there, sitting right there. You know, over here? No. They tell me to go to the hospital because the guy bit me. Look at that shit. A guy bit me. I've been bouncing since I was 17 years old. Nobody's ever bit me before. This, this guy was so hammered. He bit me. I had to go to the hospital, get a tetanus shot. Come, come to find out they got rid of me at the bar. Like, they don't even care. I said, do you have a workman's comp? No. I said, are you going to continue paying me until I can get better and come back? No. I'm like, you, I don't understand. What are you talking about? And then they tell me you're a subcontractor. My lawyer actually had to explain it to me. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. I said, this is bullshit. So that's that's why I call it Bizarro World down here. Being a bouncer would be a good gig, though, if you were at the right place. It was a cool place, but like I said, if I'm the only guy there, I need at least one or two other dudes with me. You can't yeah. bounce by yourself, man. Now you should always have two people. At least. With and a big flashlight people. full of D batteries. Exactly. That's what a mag light, dude. You know how many guys I busted their heads wide open with that mag light, dude? Not even, I didn't even question. It's like crack, and I'd go to the next guy. And he'd swing, and I would go to my knee and just hit him in the shin or in the kneecap. And as they come down, I'm already coming up, and I have that hat. I would have it right here. And they hit right in the face as I come up. I mastered that mag leg, bro. I was a knuckle man. I was a brass knuckle man. I used them a couple times, but you got to be careful with the knuckles. You could break your hand. You got to be careful. Yeah, the knuckle, I, was, I even had the belt where you could take I, off the buckle, and it was a knife. I had, I had, I, nice I, I had, boot, I had boot blades. Yep. All kinds. I had CIA blades that were go right behind your back, and they were only like two inches. But they were good because you're like, you didn't break the throat. You know, you get to stab a guy five, six, seven times in the throat. He won't even know what the fuck happened before he realizes all the blood's pouring out. But uh, I, I, my, per, my preference was blackjack. And I would keep two of them up my sleeves of my leather jacket. I would wear a three-quarter state trooper leather from uh, the, the Pennsylvania State Police. That's what I wear with the with the laces on the side. Yep, that's very, what I wear. Very thick, very thick. Yep. It's very hard to get a blade through it. Mm -hmm. You know, so and I wore another leather vest just in case underneath that. And never had a problem. I mean, I had people try to stab me. They couldn't. Like I feel a little prick and I turn around and that and that's when I'd catch them. You know what I mean? And you know, one of my boys got stabbed. I wasn't there working that night. Uh my boy Lou, he was in the, I was actually in the Rocky Balboa movie. He was the bouncer at the bar in that movie. Uh, he passed away, man. He, he, he got stabbed at the club. He lived through that. They, he had a nasty scar though, but eventually he ended up passing away because he would just drink so much. He was a roofer. You know how roofers are. They're all crazy or either ex-fighters or drinking while you're on the roof and they're on the roof inhaling all them chemicals. And I mean, I did it for a little while. You know, and I remember going to class and they were going to give me a union card and everything. And these guys were all gangsters that ran this thing, man. You, you could just tell how, the way they talked. And I remember they were going all over the chemicals, what they do to you. You know, and I raised my hand one night at school and I'm like, excuse me, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah, no problem. Whatever you want. You know, yeah. I'm like, well, you're telling us what every chemical does to you. But you're not telling us what do they do to you mixed together. That's what I'm concerned about. And I remember he put his notebook down. His eyes got real big and he just looked at me like, why did you ask me that fucking question? 
he didn't want to answer it because he can't answer it. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, and I'm in the class, there's girls in there, there's ex-cons in there, there's ex-boxers in there. A lot of ex we had to be at the union hall at 6 a.m. And I'm in there at 6 a.m. ready to go. And they tell you to go to wherever you're gonna work. And I remember I went to DuPont. Remember the wrestler DuPont? Mm-hmm. He had he went crazy and he had the gun and he went and shot the wrestlers. I went there at his fucking place, bro. And I was doing, he had all these buildings in his, in this complex where he lives and they make pills. That's all they do is make pills. And we were redoing the roofs to all his buildings. And I remember just seeing him drive up and down in the golf cart, going to one building, going to another building. He was a wrestling fanatic, but he went crazy, bro. He went nuts and shot a lot of people, man. But it was just, just being on that property alone, man, was nuts. But that's when I realized, I said, dude, this roofing job ain't for me, man. I'm like, even though I got done work so early, because they didn't want to be on the roof long, and I get it, but we started so early. I just couldn't get into that 6 o'clock shit, man, having to get up at like 4 a.m. to be at work at 6. And at that time, I was just like, I can't do this shit, man. <laughs> I, I always go. wanted to be a bounty hunter. I used to tell girls I was a bounty hunter to pick them up in the day, but I think that'd be an interesting job. I never did that. I wanted to do that down here. Actually, I was looking into that when I first moved down here. But uh, I did repoing for a while in the city of Philly. And I did really well. And then I got shot at many times, bro. These guys would keep guns in their cars, you know, and they try to, they run downstairs and try to beat us to the car so they can get their gun out and they'll try to shoot us. I remember, I don't know how many times I went to police stations and had to, you know, tell them, we took this car and here's the gun that was underneath the fucking seat. Because I ain't getting stuck with that, especially if it has bodies on it. You know what I mean? I don't want to get stuck with that. So we would go, because every time we would take a car, we'd have to go right to the police station, do a, 50, a 51 or something like that, it was called. So when the people would call the police station the next day and say my car was stolen, the cops could tell them, no, it wasn't. You didn't make your $9,900 payment a month and they had to come and take it. You know, and that's what I was really bummed about was like, I'm like, you can't make a $100 payment. You know, and I, I'm, I'm sitting here, you got to take your car. And I would hate it because I would even take off on Christmas because I didn't want to take people's cars on Christmas. Dude. Yeah, I wouldn't want that happening to me. I remember one time, this is after I did, a guy tried to tow my, get my truck. And I remember running out of my girl's condo, jumping in my truck and starting it. And I'm just sitting there, I roll the window, hit the window, the window goes down. And I'm in a 2003 brand new Harley Davidson truck. And, and the guy walks up and I said, listen, before you even say anything, I used to do what you do. I know what you do. I'm better than you on what you do. I said, I, I would get eight cars in one night. You know, that's almost a thousand dollars in that one night I made. And he just looked at me and said, well, can you do me a favor? And I'm like, what is it? He's like, can you, you know, I said, I'll call the cops because you're trespassed. You're on my property now. He's like, do me a favor and call the cops. So at least I can tell my boss I had it, but you got it back. I said, okay, no problem, bro. I had no problem doing that. You're not getting the fucking truck. As long as you understand what I'm telling you, you're not getting my truck. He's like, I know. 
but I still want to get paid. I said, yeah, but technically you got to get the truck to get paid. I said, but I'll do you a favor just to get rid of you. I said, but don't try to come back because I will shoot you next time. I won't even fucking argue with you. I'm just going to put a cap in you and fucking end it. So called the cops. They came over and they told him right, rightfully true. You're on my property. You got your trespass. You got to get the fuck off. And the cop, I knew the cop went to school with the cop. Cops like, I don't care what paperwork you have. You're in Hamilton, New Jersey, bumfuck New Jersey, dude. You're, you want to stay here? We'll stay here. <laughs> you won't get out of this town. We have our own jail in the town. So he left. He didn't get the truck, and I wasn't going to do it. I ended up turning the truck in later. It was getting to be too much. My girl ended up buying it for me. It was beautiful. So you can't be, you could have been the repo man before there was the repo man. Dude, I re, like I said, and he was an ex cop, the guy I worked with. His name was Pat. Pat. Uh, little Pat Pat, I called him. He was a little guy, a little leprechaun looking dude. But he used to be a police officer. He had his badge on his gold necklace and shit. And he ended up getting fired because he'd had too many girlfriends. He, he had a problem with women, this guy. I mean, seriously. I mean, he cost me money sometimes because of some bitches. You know what I mean? Because we'd go out and get these cars and he had a garage in Northeast Philly. We would store the cars in Northeast because we make 30 bucks a day on each car. And we were allowed to keep a car for a month. So it was a guarantee of three, you know, some good money, you know, that, uh, and we worked for uh, Chrysler. Chrysler would send us the paperwork and the keys for every car we were looking for. You know, we went to this one guy's place. Uh, he had this truck, dude. It had two inches of dust in the garage. He wouldn't drive the truck. He didn't want to give it up, but he, he never drove it. And I knew it was in the garage. I mean, we knocked on the front door. He said, listen, we've been here before. We've looked in the window. We know the truck's in the garage. It's like this, bro. It's either we're going to get the cops here and we're going to get the truck regardless, or you can work with us, give us the truck, because that was a, a super bonus that truck. Like when Chrysler sent us that paperwork, I mean, they put it right on top. You make $2,000, you get this truck. Okay. Because that's how bad, that's how late this truck is. And it's been out for so many years. They only wanted the truck back and they were determined to get it back. It was that. And another time it was a Chrysler convertible. Actually Raven used to have one in the city, a green one. This was a gold one. We were looking for that in the city. And I remember I was standing at Pat Steaks eating a cheesesteak, and this fucking car comes riding right fucking by me. Believe that shit? I jumped in my boy's car, and we were, like, chasing this guy all over the city in a car, just waiting for him to stop so I can get my boy with the tow truck to come and get this fucking thing. Guy knew we were following us. He ended up losing. I must have, we must have caught this guy three or four times, and we finally got the car. And that was like a $2,500 car, that one. That was another hard one to get. But we would pull them right out of people's driveways in New Jersey, backwards. So the tires are burning rubber down the whole street. I mean, it's a black smoke, thick. And then we would stop, unhook it, swing it around, grab it from the right side, and get it the hell out of there. You know what I mean? That's how we would do it. It was a trip, man. It was... That was one crazy ass job. The money was great, but it was very, it was dangerous because we would come up on a corner and these guys own a corner. 
because they're selling drugs on this quarter. You know, it's a $500,000 quarter, a million dollar quarter. You know, that's how much money they make selling drugs. So when we pull up, you know, what these guys would do is they wouldn't keep the drugs on them because the cops would bust them. They would hide it either in a mailbox or a car trunk, you know, or a car, a car looks like abandoned or something like that. They would hide it in there. So when we come pulling up, we're like, there's our car. But then look to the right, there's all these fucking drug dealers and all these guys, and you know they're all carrying guns. I mean, you know it. So I would just go, 911, I'm on so-and-so street, they're fucking killing each other. You got to get your ass here now. Click. As soon as I heard the sirens, that's when you see these guys scattered like roaches, bro, scattered everywhere. And we would fucking pull right in, hook the car and yank it right out and get out. And that's how we would do it. We'd go right to the police station. And got, like I said, dude, I'd go through the cars and find bottles of Percocets, bags of dough, all, all kinds of shit, dude. But I would just say, you know, Percocets, I'd take the Percocets. <laughs> well, yeah, I like Percocets. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else, I, I would just tell the cops, hey, take it. I don't want it. You know what I mean? Because we would get pulled over a lot. Cops did not like us. I mean, we would carry, we had a 45 and a 40, because he always carried two guns in there, one for me and one for him. Uh, they would always pull us over because they're thinking we're stealing cars. And we're like, and he's a fucking ex-cop. And we're still like, you know, telling these guys, we have to show them the paperwork and say, well, you know, here it is, bro. This is, this is what it comes down to. Uh, we would let people get, I would let them get their stuff out of the car. You know what I mean? Because just, you know, like especially a baby seat and shit like that. Because I felt bad. But if they didn't, if they wanted to be a dickhead, I'd be like, you know what, man? I'm trying to be nice to you, but you can come by the shop. Here's the address and get all your shit out. Okay? But it's going to cost you 50 fucking dollars. You know? And that's the truth. I mean, I would drive. I mean, my boy would tell me, he's like, you know what, Garrett? Park your car in the garage. Take the fucking uh, forerunner. The Toyota 4Runner, beautiful fucking truck. You can drive it for 30 days. I have 30 days to hold it. We could drive it for 30 days, and then we'll take it to the auction. And I was like, yeah. So every 30 days, I was in a brand new vehicle. I had a new car. Every 30 days. It was awesome. And I'd leave my car right in the garage, and it would sit there. Especially, it was nice, you know, being in the city and shit. It was perfect. You know, because, it, you know, it's hard to find parking spots in the city. Especially if you're in, like, like South Philly, like I was, you know, I park right on my sidewalk. Sometimes if I couldn't find a spot, my front window was right there. My car would be right underneath my front window. <laughs> Way to keep it safe. The cops didn't break my ball. As long as cars were able to get by, they didn't care. You know, it was my property. If anything, you know, it was pretty cool. How'd you like uh we didn't bring up any wrestling tonight. How'd you like that AEW match? I liked it. I liked the, uh, I liked it. There's a nice bloodbath match there. And I liked that hangman won clean. I liked that. He finally looked strong because if they would have went to an, I, I figured they were going to go to an hour draw. And then one judge would say, Brian, one judge would say, hangman. The other would say draw. And it was like, fuck. But when he hit that buck shot and pinned him, I was like, good. That's how it needed to be. I was glad that did he, excuse me. I was glad they didn't even have to use the judge. It was a clean finish, and it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. He just got the belt. 
got to let Hangman have it for a while, man. Yeah, he needs at, le- at least bare minimum six month run. Yes, because you got to remember. I mean, later on, eventually, man, we're gonna have Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega. Okay, I mean, you think that match was good? Wait till you see that match. Especially okay. now you figure Kenny will be healed. Like, I guess when he fought him the first time, he was all banged up. He had vertigo and shit. Now when he comes back, he'll be ah, – that's going to be a good match. It's going to be a fucking unbelievable match. I like Kenny. I, I, I think Kenny's a little weird, but uh, I, I like him. I think he's a great wrestler. I, I enjoy watching him. I think he, he may be the Dude, best I have, I right now. I can't say anything bad about him. I've seen him work from when he started in Japan to now, and – He's fucking talented, bro. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's the over, best out there right now. He's over like Rover, bro. There's no debating it. I mean, when it comes down to it, he's he's better than AJ Styles. Yeah, I put AJ probably after him. But yeah, you know, Kenny's Kenny's good. Kenny's hey, not a, a good talker, though. That's the only thing that I think. But they got him with Don Callis, so he doesn't need. You to don't be. have to talk. Put him with me. I'll manage him. He won't have to say a word. All he's got to do is that. <laughs> that's little point that's all he's got imagine, imagine him imagine him versus aj how good that would be i'm sure they've already had that match in japan that would be amazing what do you think of hook i like him i, I think they're pushing him a little too hard right off the bat i mean that's my opinion i think they should take it easy with him because he's still young i mean i, don't, I haven't seen him do any promos yet i got a uh, feeling he can't that's what I'm saying. That's why he's with Taz. I mean, Taz is kid, so Taz is going to talk to it for him. But Taz is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I know Taz is pushing it to where he wants his son to, you know, get over and be out there. But I think it's, uh, I mean, Taz should know this, man. He's been through it. Let the kid learn. Let him pick up some, I mean, he's got skills, but let's get him skills working wise. Yeah. Let's let him learn how to tell a story. You know, I mean, yeah, he's he's very talented. He's got good technique. He's he's a judo guy. He's martial arts guy. I'm sure Taz put him in at four years old. Yeah. Well, he's I been put my kid in it when he was like four or five. So yeah. my nephew started martial arts when he was four. I told my sister to start when he's four, and that's yeah. when she started. And I'm second now, nature. It's second nature. He's in ninth grade now, and he laughs at kids that try to bully him. Yeah, he laughs. He's he laughs at him. He says, "You know what? Keep talking, kid. Because next time I see you, your jaw's going to be wired shut. Then you ain't going to be talking, you know." But I wanted to make sure. I said, "Nowadays, you know, these bullies and these kids." And I said, "My nephew ain't going to be dealing with that shit. No way in hell." I said, "I want him ready to go when he goes into high school. I want him walking in." Like no one he could kick ass and take names, not even question. High school's just like a prison. It it is a now. Prison. Yeah. When I was in high school, I think I had what 132 people in my class. That's it. You know, I'm, I was from a small little town, bro. You know, we actually learned stuff in high school. We never thought about who's coming to school today with a gun or yeah, this or who's got a bomb here and. Like, dude, we never, that was never mentioned. Like, I don't think I've ever in my life as a kid talked something like that. Like somebody got in the I no. never worried about getting in a fight and getting shot. It was just a good fight and that was it. Now you got to worry about the guy driving we, by your house. When we were in school and we were going to fight somebody, it was after school at the pit. Yeah. 
we had a place where we always partied. We had a place where we went our forerunners and big tire trucks and did our pit jumping and all that shit. We called it the pit. It was a big fucking land fell full of mountains and shit and hills and shit, you know, and dirt. And that was it. You know, and if we wanted to fight somebody, we'd go there and fight. So no teachers could break it up and nothing. You know, it was just that way. It was cool, man. I mean, I remember my uncle was a Golden Glove boxer, and I'd have guys come over to my house after school. We'd have fights with gloves. We would only use six-ounce gloves, though, man. They were so small. We were Bad as bare knuckle. Dude, we were knocking each other out, man. It was crazy. And my old man would sit there with my uncle, loving it, you know, watching us beat the shit out of each other. I remember I was taking a shower one night, man. I was just like... Oh, I was feeling all the areas that I got hit. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing, man? But it just made us tougher, I guess, you know. Yeah. Back then, we would play sandlot football, tackle football on concrete. We didn't get You can't shit. do tackle no more. It's all flag and touch and all that and shit. We would do tackle, especially in the snow. I would, yeah, I'd run the ball, man. Snow in the mud. Back. <laughs> it was fucking awesome, man. So we had a we had an interesting show today. We didn't talk much about wrestling, but that's okay because you can't always talk about wrestling. That's what all the nah, other ones do. You can't always talk about wrestling. I don't uh, I don't have anything else to say tonight. I don't know. We're over, a little over an hour. Do you? I just want people to know. I hope they made it through the weekend because I almost lost my mind watching these football games this weekend. I mean, we needed the Pittsburgh had to beat the Ravens. We needed someone to win between. The Chargers and the Raiders. And what Carolina. <laughs> then you got Carolina. You got everybody in there. But we made it in the playoffs. I don't know how we freaking did it, but thank goodness. I mean, I could not believe that. What was his? Chris uh, Collinsworth? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. This guy ribbing me, I think, on purpose. Because I'm sitting here watching this Sunday night game and He's like, you know, well, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only way they get out of this is if it's a tie. And I can't see this becoming a tie. Wouldn't you know it was a fucking tie? And they pulled it out. The Raiders pulled it out with a, like a minute left with a field goal to win it. I, I, my girl couldn't even stay up anymore. I had to stay up and watch this because it was the, my team's the Steelers. And I wanted to make the playoff so bad, even though we're probably going to not be in it long, but I just want to make it. Yeah, we made it. So we go against Kansas City, and that'll be on the 15th. I hear your dog barking. No, that's actually him eating a bone. Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> mine are surprisingly quiet. But, yeah, I don't have anything else left to say, except, uh, you know, we'll be back again next week. We'll be back next week. Uh, don't forget to check out AEW. Uh that's all I got to say, man. Happy holidays, everybody. Hope you guys had a good Christmas and a um, happy new year. Yeah. Uh, fuck this COVID, man. I hope everybody go get your toilet paper, and your paper towels, and your Kleenex, and your lights off. Stock up. <laughs>